I'm a sucker for live performance. Yeah. I am a sucker for being in a space with other humans and living in a moment together. Hey everyone, welcome to this new episode of Face to Face. Today's guest is the one and only Spencer Dickhouse, Juilliard graduate, XNDT dancer, and currently freelance artist. Spencer and I initially connected during my first summer intensive at NDT in 2015, where he was one of the dancers that taught us the repertoire. Whether he realized it or not, that summer intensive sparked my curiosity for contemporary dance, and for NDT specifically, and set off the chain reaction which has led me here. Today though, I wanted to sit down with him to catch up and ask about his recent experiences as a freelance artist and see how he's been managing life during a global pandemic. So without further ado, let's dive into this heartfelt conversation with Spencer Dickhouse. Hey Spencer, thanks for coming over. Of course. It's so cool to have you here. I'm happy to be here. It's uh, really fun. We've talked about it for a while, like a while ago. Yeah. To come and just have a little chat and talk about stuff. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah. It's um 15 degrees out today, so. Warmer than last week. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you've been pretty busy recently. Um, how is that? How is it going? Because I know we're still, we're in the Netherlands right now. There's a lockdown, more strict than it was initially, in yeah. initially, yeah. Um, but stuff's been happening for you and you're doing good. Yeah, I've been super fortunate throughout this whole process, uh, this whole process, the process of, of, of pandemics. Wow. Um, yeah, I've been uh, working on some projects uh, that were actually born um, in response to uh, the lockdown. Um, I've also been able to work on some uh, pre-existing projects that managed to find a way to continue throughout the lockdown. Um, uh, we're so fortunate here in the Netherlands to be able to um, keep keep working. Um, dancers have uh, a sort of exemption or culture, I guess, has a sort of exemption um, from the basic one and a half meter distance rule yeah. at the moment. Is it because we're like, I mean, as of my understanding, it's because we're seen as the top sport and I have a feeling they actually just want to keep their Olympic people, like Olympic sports athletes up and running. And we kind of fall under that category, if I understood it correctly, which is why we're able to continue. I'm not sure or exactly what the what the deal is there. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine if, if um, top sporters aren't, if fitness isn't allowed to go ahead, then um, theaters and, and dancers, and there's probably a whole slew of other things in there that also can't go ahead, which is maybe too much for um, the economy to manage right now. Yeah. I'm uh, sure. I don't know either. It's, I mean, at least we're like lucky because we can still do like our passion, say, which for some people 
they you know they have passion for other stuff that you know with like socially or you know going places visiting places going to music again that stuff has been you know kind of like ripped out of society for for this Absolutely. moment which is we still get to connect in a studio with like people and you know do what we actually have most passion for yeah I want to circle back to this and talk a little bit about what you've been up to recently, sure. but I was wondering if you wanted to talk a little bit about your, you know, your past, your whatever education. Uh, have you always wanted to be a dancer? Was that something you knew from really young age or is that something that like came up and you like rolled into it? Yeah. Um, I started dance when I was 12, I guess. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, and we, my mom and dad took me to my cousin's friend's dance recital. And I guess my mom tells the story that I, I leaned over to her in the middle of the program and said, um, Mom, I want to do that. <laughs> um, and so she took me to the studio and I had like a one-on-one audition i'm doing air quotes um, <laughs> where i remember i had to do a straddle which you know a straddle for a 12 year old boy who's never done a straddle before like wait what's the, the straddle the splits oh this, like, yeah like a center, center um, spagat. you know it was like less than 90 degrees like it was a small slice of pizza um so yeah that happened and i started with kind of jazz and tap um, and then I fell in love with lyrical because I could express my emotions. <laughs> um, like lyrical jazz, lyrical hip hop. Yeah. I started at a, at a competition studio. So I was doing lyrical, like, um, like I always wanted to dance to like a Sarah McLaughlin song, but also the thing is, is a, a boy growing up in that you didn't dance to female voices. Right. That was like, right. uh, Wait, where did you grow up in Minnesota? Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I, I love Minnesota. Um, you were, you had like a, a nice punctuation there. <laughs> Boom. Period. <laughs> no further elaboration on no, that. No, I mean, I, I grew up in, I, I actually, I grew up in Minnesota, Golden Valley. Um, and then when I was in high school, I transferred to a charter arts high school um for my junior year and then uh, i finished up classes early i got all my credits um so i took my senior year off i had i think two courses that i had to do that summer and i moved to san francisco mm. and there i um was a part of the lines ballet ensemble training program it was called lb set then i don't know what it called anymore um or if it exists actually um so i spent my senior year of high school there and then after that i went to school in new york at juilliard yeah um so you you like auditioned there because you like that was like a dream of yours it was just something you were like considering and juilliard yeah or, juilliard um yeah i had been to the summer program mm -hmm. a few times and I loved it. 
yeah there and you know you wanted to go for dance because like i mean like i find you like also really like theatrical person i would like i wouldn't um like i i could have seen you like in an acting division as well or something and that was like really clear for you you wanted to go for dance yeah i hadn't spent the amount of time the amount of time i spent dancing i hadn't spent anywhere else yeah. focused on anything else in my yeah. life so as much as i fantasize about um being on the silver screen um you do fantasize about it i th- i i'm curious about it yeah i'm curious about um acting and, and mm. theater it feels like a distant universe yeah um, I, i i agree i also have i have a fascination for it mm. for movie directors, actors. I mean, one of the uh, conversations I had was with uh, Lucas Dant, who is a movie director, okay. a Belgian movie director yeah. who did Girl, the movie Girl. I right. don't know if you've, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you've yeah. seen it. But and I just have a huge fascination for that, like like you said, distant universe almost. Because mm. it has similarities in terms of creating and collaborating, but it's also like not at all the texture or like, yeah vibe that we have yeah. within the dance world um sorry i interrupted you though no not at all i mean i was just gonna say actually now in this pandemic world and um it's interesting maybe you feel like both of those curiosities are actually coming closer together with the amount of um video that's now being used in in the dance sector um, yeah. as a way of being able to continue communicating with with audiences and public um it's become a huge thing here i think especially in the netherlands but all over the world uh, theaters and theater companies dance companies are all broadcasting um either live streams or recordings um yeah yeah i think maybe it's not fully fleshed out yet like it's not hasn't really found it's perfect balance yeah um because i really live performance and video are, are are or recorded video are hugely different mediums yeah. Um, yeah there's um there's something going to like going to a live theater being in the space with the dancers or performers or you know any kind of um yeah performance performance artists there's something that you can't grasp on video It can be done really well on video for certain, yeah, for like certain pieces, certain um, like compositions, but there's something you miss like being in the space, I feel, I feel like. And I, we have experience with the live streams that we just did like a couple of months ago where one of our pieces, I think, would have maybe touched more with the people live in the room because there's something about composition like people walking in and out of the space and i won't go too much in detail about the piece and i feel like some of that got lost on the screen mm. and i think it, that, that translates um and i also like how do you feel about this how do you feel about that kind of digital universe that we're like gliding into or being forced into But at the same time, also it brings new new possibilities. But then, where does that leave live theater? Mm. Sorry, that's like we ju- we jumped on like a big topic no, it's here. Okay. But it's okay. I mean, 
right now my answer feels kind of simple. I'm a sucker for live performance. Yeah. I am a sucker for being in a space with other humans and living in a moment together, either as an audience member or as a performer. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. It's probably also because I I feel so um, grounded in in that, in my desire for live performance and live moments um, because it's not possible (laughs) at the moment. Um, I think that's also something interesting that came up or came out of this pandemic is like realizing what you really desire or prioritize sometimes when mm. like when you suddenly don't have it anymore or you can't take it like for granted like, yeah. does that make sense like yeah i didn't think i wanted to be necessarily in public spaces a lot or with people or <laughs> at the bottom I'm, of a mosh pit <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't i didn't i didn't really think i i desired it but now that you actually can't sit in a in a, in a in a cafe even if it's by yourself but reading a book or so like surrounded by people still and then now that you can't do that anymore i do feel like i'm like locked in my house or something so there's something that changes there and shifts and you like oh i do enjoy not being in my apartment and being in a public space even if it's not necessarily to talk to people or sometimes it is yeah which i find i mean yeah just like a lot of realizations coming out of that which i'm sure like the whole world is kind of going through mm-hmm. not to make this like huge scale or anything but yeah. um anyway i wanted to go back a little bit on track i'm just like gonna be like a kind of a dj of this conversation Great. or whatever because i do uh I, I am really interested in the um trajectory from juilliard what you were talking about okay. choosing for that uh dance um education yeah. there um, maybe you want to talk just a little bit about those four years. It's four years, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, what that brought to you? What it did? It open doors? Did it close doors? What made it made it you realize things? And how did you end up in NDT, which is where I met you? Yeah. Which is we, we'll talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I got into Juilliard. Um, Juilliard is expensive. Um, a lot of my time there, um, I think I was functioning, either functioning out of the idea that this costs so much money, Mm -hmm. I have to make this worth it. Yeah. Or this costs so much money why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, that was really, uh, uh, like a continuous like thought. Yeah. The the expense of it. Yeah. There was, um, a moment when I was going to leave school actually, because I felt like it was, it was too much. I was looking at the numbers and, you know, my parents were able to take out loans and I would took out loans. And, um, I mean, we don't have to talk about the education system in the U.S. because it is broken. Um, we could, we could. I've also like my knowledge. My knowledge is like 
tiny, but I am hearing a lot about like student loan, student student debt, yeah, you know, like stuff like that, and it shocks me every time. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty shocking. Um, we'll come back to that maybe yeah, if we want later, yeah, but good, um, good. yeah, so. I was kind of, there was those two things while I was there that felt yeah. really big. Of course, you know, those are kind of generalizations of mm-hmm. my time at school. I learned so much. Um, the uh, kind of um, operational goal of Juilliard while I was there was um, creating an artist as a citizen. So, um it was, we were constantly asking the questions throughout the school. How, how can we, um, how can we perfect, not perfect, how can we explore um, our creative field mm. and, and be citizens yeah. of the world we live in? Um, and that was re- meant really different things to to every every student. Um, everyone responded to that question, to that to that goal in 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 different ways. Um, what what is what was your um, not vision, but what was your like personal reaction to that kind of statement or to that um, possibility of feeding into that? Was it different from something that you knew before? Because, like, for example, like, when I think of, like, ballet school, it was, like, so, you know, it was orient- oriented to become that good ballet dancer with technique. We, we didn't yeah. talk about yeah. the other things, which it's also a big thing. But was it something that shifted from the places or the place you had been before? You were like, wow, okay, we're actually also investing in being like human beings or was it something that you were already carrying from before? Um, I think maybe, uh, I think I was really fortunate to be able to have experiences before joining Juilliard that encouraged a belief or now my belief that um, we are all responsible Uh, for ourselves and everything we we put out there everything we every everything we engage in we're responsible for Mm. for for what we create yeah um and all of those things that 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 we create in a moment in an exchange with someone in a piece of choreography in a, a compositional score um have long lasting and far reaching effects yeah And, um, I think that, oh, this is going to sound so cliche, but finding, um, finding a sense of truth in, in what you do and why you do it, um, has always been a huge part of, of, I guess my dance education, Mm. um, and something I was always attracted to in investigating. Yeah. Um, so arriving to Juilliard and, and um, kind of diving into the concept of artist as citizen um, made sense to me. Yeah. 
I just find it really fascinating. The, um, the kind of the milestones that make artists and uh, how they came to one place and left the place or what they took from it. And I, everyone, I've talked to some people that I know that did the Juilliard uh, program and they all have like such a crazy different experience on it. Mm. So it's, I mean, I love, I love listening to like what it meant for you. And I was wondering if dance was like what you chose to study there. Was there already interest for like any other um, like acting or music? Was it there or was it in that where you really focused on your dance training in that moment? Um, I think ever since I started dancing when I was younger, I didn't really care about anything else. Yeah. Actually, um, I played instruments, played air quotes again. Yeah. Pretended to play <laughs> instruments. Did you um, play No, it was, I, I did, I did everyone for a year. Each one for a year it was, um, piano, clarinet, trumpet, violin. Yeah. And then choir. Choir. Um, yeah. Wow. Okay. I want to hear about that. <laughs> you, you, you did choir. Yeah. Wow. Like, I mean, not for a year. No, I did choir for quite a while. I think all of high school or junior high or something, four years. I, wow. I can't read music, though, so it's a problem. Like, <laughs> I played, quote-unquote, played all of those instruments and sang it, and I still can't read music. So I think there was a fundamental issue <laughs> that I didn't deal with at the beginning of my musical career. <laughs> okay, you were maybe investing either consciously or unconsciously where you were investing more in your dance career exactly yeah yeah um i think ever since then ever since the beginning i haven't really um the only reason i'm curious about theatricality really is because of dance. because of dance yeah i okay this is gonna sound so weird but i can't stop thinking this is the reason why i'm like asking also about the theater and stuff yeah. because i just have this image This is gonna sound so weird and I'm just gonna say it. I have this image of you in your underwear on Facebook, like a post oh God, yeah. that you did, which was related to either dance or theater or something. But I remember it, like it, it must have left an impression because it's coming to my mind now. And it had some, like you were making fun of something within the <laughs> dance world. <laughs> I just, I don't even know what it was anymore i just i i can't get rid of the picture now that you're here i knew that and video was gonna haunt me forever and <laughs> the interweb never dies um so i'm sorry to bring it up no no to um, shed light on the on the situation uh we were on tour in taiwan um we had performances there and i think it was dakota fanning who had been featured by Elle magazine um, in their online YouTube channel. Um, she was teaching dance or something. She was teaching ballet. And I think it was around the time that one of the 
Kardashian sisters was also featured in Vogue and she was wearing point shoes and her biscuity feet. <laughs> and it was like when dance was, it, or um, contemporary dance or classical dance was like almost kind of fetishized by the fashion industry. Yeah. And um, it was also uh, portrayed in a really unfortunate way yeah and kind of I've, like, I, disrespectful almost yeah I, for I, the people I, that put in the work exactly i felt it undermined the amount of um integrity that dancers have um and i mean i was probably exhausted i won't use that as an excuse though and i was in the dressing room and started kind of ranting and i thought if um, to go to Fanning can um, teach dance, then I can surely teach acting. Um, right. Okay. Okay. It's coming back to me now. Yeah. I remember. And so, um, I think low lights because we can't call them highlights. <laughs> um, low lights would be when I said. If you want to cry, just think about something really sad and make sure you choke a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it was like very like to the point, like honestly, like it, I mean, I wouldn't remember it now if it, if I didn't like watch it and be like, okay, this is, this is somehow also just like in a genius and like comical Com comic comic way comical way like put you know you go right to like the i don't know like kind of problem of what was happening which i didn't completely understand in that moment but it was because uh, <laughs> i was so clear <laughs> <laughs> no i guess i didn't know where it came from yeah. i understood like the content of the anyway just like a little side side track i just yeah i just couldn't stop imagining you in your underwear <laughs> Catching up with Spencer is hilarious and makes time go by so fast. I love hearing about Spencer from before we met, growing up in Minnesota, developing such a passion for dance and performing arts. To me, that's always been Spencer, I've always known him that way. I'm curious as to what inspired him to move overseas after graduating and how he looks back on the last years as a professional dancer before transitioning to the freelance scene. I want to go a little bit from Julia to how we met in NDT, because that's where I met you. You're not uh, NDT, Netherlands Dance Theater, The Hague, which is where we are right now. Yes. Um, you're not dancing there anymore right. um, since... Two years. I think two years. Maybe yeah, a since bit about more, yeah. since about two years, two, two years and a half. But that is where we met. Was there uh, something in between when, or did you graduate from Juilliard and come to NDT? Yes, I actually really yeah, don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, so I graduated from Juilliard and then I joined to NDT uh, yeah. the season after. Yeah, yeah. And that was something where when you were about to graduate, you it was like. Um, it was like a dream of yours you knew or it was more like a I guess I'll audition and it was, or um, no at that point I was pretty um, pretty curious about dancing in Europe yeah um, I had 
Never. I think I had traveled to Europe once before my audition. Wow. Um, Holiday? Uh, no, it was for work. Actually, huh. when I was, I did a little, I did a project with a San Francisco based company in one year or summer or something. And we had some shows in Berlin and, mm. um, yeah. So I was, I was curious about, about living in Europe, about working in Europe. And I thought I should try. Yeah. So I did a few auditions. I um, auditioned for Gothenburg and NDT. Actually, those were the two companies. Um, wow, they're like top tier companies. Like, I mean, it's, I'm not saying that because I'm still NDT because I'm also leaving soon. But those two companies are like, you know, they're high. On yeah, the yeah, yeah. Radar. I, I, um, you, you aim for the moon. Shoot, shoot for stars. Yeah, I guess why not? And then if you fall, maybe you'll land on a star or something. <laughs> um, stay in orbit. Um, yeah, and I was I was really fortunate, lucky to um, secure the position at NDT in yeah. NDT two. Yeah. I think you just transi transitioned from NDT two to one when I met you f in the summer intensive, right? I think so it actually might have been my last season in NDT two. Yeah, when I met you. Yeah, I mean, I'm bringing it up because you were like teaching repertoire in that summer intensive. I was coming from a ballet school. I that I mean, just the, the whole summer intensive experience was like mind blowing and like world opening coming from someone that just hadn't been exposed to that. Right. And for me, you're just like one of those uh, pillars that, you know, like you're just in there in my experience, in my memory together with like some other dancers that just, I don't know, I guess kind of sparked that curiosity. You say spark? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like yeah. spark that curiosity for this company and this type of, approaching work and yeah i just also ended up here then a couple of years later so it's an honor i mean i i really think that every time you're the leader of a room every time you're um you're a teacher especially you really have an opportunity to to share with people um and encourage them and so Hopefully that's what you remember me for and not like... Uh... Not your underwear <laughs> Facebook videos. <laughs> well, I feel like both of them oh, juxtapose a nice <laughs> image of you in my brain. So <laughs> I think we're, you know, we're, we're good. We're good. Uh, we're good. Um, uh, you're, you're not in NDT anymore right now. And I, I don't know why I keep saying NDT because it's like, it doesn't like define you doesn't define me it's uh it's just more of like a career i guess i'm focusing on like career pillars okay but um what i want to actually ask you about is just like what you're up to now you you chose to leave the infrastructure of like a company which i always find really interesting people that take a step away from that and then yeah. go uh, freelancing mm. and I just kind of want to honestly just ask you like how how you've been doing with that uh, yeah. it's been like a bit more than two years you said um, yeah I'm just curious like you're still based in The Hague yes and how I, I just how, how how that's been going yeah um, it's I love it yeah honestly I love um, 
there's a level of intimacy um, and investment that happens in the in the freelance circuit um, that is really interesting to me. Um, it's a different kind of intimacy than you get with with working in a company full time. Um, and I say different because, of course, the people I worked with for seven, eight years, I'm very intimate with. Yeah. And you share a lot of experiences, a huge range of experiences with those people. And so um, even people that I'm not very close with now, I, I can recall very intimate experiences. Of course. Yeah. Um, but there's something about... Uh, these kind of short, intense clusters of time that you spend together when you're freelancing and involved in a project um, that are really kind of bizarre. You come together and you don't know people and you arrive and, and, and there's somehow this, um, there's this switch that, that I, I like to think we all, turn on um to kind of say like we're here mm. we know nothing about each other but we're going to be here and do this yeah. because we believe in this and in that kind of switch belief you you learn about people you you um you get to be intimate with them yeah yeah do you think it's um in terms of the intensity of a project, is it like, would you describe it more going in depth because it's like a compact, like you said, short uh, clusters? Uh, do you feel like when you were in a company, things were more like extended in terms of intensity? Because do you have like also just in terms of like physical um labor physical effort does it go way more like up and down in periods or are you going pretty stable oh. even now during the <laughs> pandemic stable also <laughs> i don't know why i said stable no. i mean stable I, I would love my like the state of my body to be stable but it's not <laughs> um something i also i'll hopefully answer your question when i oh. come around the corner on of this course. um but one of the other reasons I went freelance was to be able to do more than be, than just be a dancer yeah. and be just a dancer. And I, I hate using the word just there because dancers are complex and um, we are complex and I don't want to undermine anybody's complexity. And, um, but I also wanted to be, a, I wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a rehearsal director. I wanted to start understanding what it was like to, um, be in leadership roles. I wanted to basically fuse, fuse dancer Spencer with these other Spencers. And I have gotten to do that. I'm yeah. so, I feel so fortunate to have been able to, to take on um, different roles within this, within the sector of dance. Yeah. Um, and with that comes an immense wave climbing up 
mountains, climbing down mountains in relation to physicality. Yeah. Um, there are projects that demand incredible physical um, aptitude, and there are others that uh, require much less. Um, aptitude. That's a great word. Is that a great word? Yeah, I, I don't... I Sorry, I interrupted you, but like I, I was like, wow, that's a great word. Not in my vocabulary. I hope I used it right. We'll find out later. Physical aptitude. <laughs> I'll Google it. Um, <laughs> sorry. No. And uh, yeah, of course, with that wave, every time yeah. you arrive to a place where you're less physically active, it means the next yeah. time you have to be physically in tune is... Uh, mm. Do you feel like the, you're enjoying the balance of it? Like being involved as a dancer in a project. And then, for example, um, you came to us a couple of months ago to set a piece by Alexander Ekman, whom I also will talk to somewhere someday soon. Yeah. Um, and that was like, I can imagine. Well, actually, you were pretty physical teaching the material to, uh, to us. But I guess after that, it took a bit of a more mental coaching role for you or like even staging the piece in that in a less physical way yeah was that one of those experiences where you felt like you were using a different part of your spencer yeah um absolutely um i think um it's really important to me to uh be able to do the work that i'm working on physically so for yeah. in that specific situation it was really important for me to understand the physicality of the work because i think that's um for now it's the way that i'm able to share it with yeah. you um so but you're absolutely right in that after that it it takes um a more Uh, a further away perspective to kind of look at the piece, look at the work, look at the looking at timing. It's not simply about the physicality of a step and the rotation of the arm in relation. No, 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 no. It's, you know, it's a much broader scope, um, which is not physical. I mean, maybe it's also something I realized after I left the company, when I was a dancer in the company, I was being physical for most of the day yeah doing runs doing rehearsals rehearsing the lift doing that doing this section being a full-time dancer is physically demanding yeah beyond i think like you're you're in the company you're when you leave and go freelance or when you make the choice to step away from a full-time dance career i think you'll look back on it and be like whoa like, yeah that was a lot <laughs> and that's how, what i look back on it like i'm like whoa that was yeah. my body couldn't if you asked me to do a f- like that today i'm, I'm not sure i could mm. do you still wish you could or are you like yeah yeah do you ever because I, i i sometimes talk to people and i think one of the things that like one of my personal fears is that like I hear this thing about regretting of regretting to stop dancing or like full-time dancing too soon. And that's like super wide and vague because I can mean something else for everyone. But it's something that I think about a lot because I do have a lot of other interests and like what you just talked about, like different sides of yourself, like, you know, like the 
rehearsing a room, like co coaching, uh, whatever, making music, uh, doing something else mm -hmm. than being just a dancer without that being uh, undermining. It's something I think about a lot. And then I do have one of those fears that says like, what if I stop being physical full time too soon? And I don't know if you, with this experience now, if you can look back on it and be like, I'm that timing was perfect or there is no perfect timing or I'm not really asking a question here more of a reflection. I, I, I personally, I knew the choice that I was making. Yeah. I knew I wasn't going to leave the company and be able to enjoy the perks of being physical at that level full time. I don't have a access to class. I don't have access to a gym, especially in COVID. I, you know, there are things that I knew I was going to surrender. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just important to ask yourself if you're willing to surrender those things in, in lieu of other things. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I was, and yeah. I, I don't regret yeah. my decision. Of course, there are moments when I wish I had more physical prowess um, than I do now. But but you're in peace with it. Like you're you're like you're embracing the fact that sometimes you are not being physically exhausted from your day or uh, yeah, a project. Yeah, I mean, when I'm not, I just lie in bed and I cry a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. And then I use a horse tranquilizer to get to sleep. <laughs> I don't know if I should like cut this out because it's what you're supposed to do or just leave it in because it's like funny. Um, also, we're going to wrap up soon because I know you have to go. Okay. Um, I was just wondering about any aspirations for the future. It can be like really short term, like I'm going to make bread tomorrow or something more long term, like I want to move to another country. I want to still work with this person. I want to start a family. Whatever. I'm just, Oh my gosh. Whatever. When you think about the future, there's something that comes to mind. Like I'm excited for this. I'm excited about, I'm lucky enough to be excited about so many things. Yeah. I'm excited about taking more wine courses. I'm excited about, traveling again whenever that's allowed to happen i'm um excited for like 60 years down the road when hopefully i have chickens and like milk goats um like every dancer's fantasy right we live in like a farm and we have an artist's residency and um yeah and uh, what a great idea <laughs> what a unique idea um Honestly, I didn't think that was people's <laughs> fantasies. Sounds pretty weird to me, but <laughs> tonight, like when I get ready for bed, I'll be excited for coffee tomorrow morning. You're like a an enjoyer of life. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what my horoscope says. I'm a Taurus. <laughs> yeah, so am I. We live. Uh... <laughs> Oh, yeah. no, it's great. Um, it's because we can just honestly, we, we, we just had a great laugh. And I know you're, uh, you're, it's, it's just amazing to hear about you. And 
I know um, you have to go and we'll see each other soon somewhere. Um, so before all that, I want to, you know, just thank you for coming over and sharing some of your wise <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> I can't even do a serious uh, goodbye outro anymore. Um, no, seriously, thank you so much. I had thank a blast. Uh, it was thank really amazing to, to connect to you and I hope to see you soon in some kind of Spencer version, me dancer version, or not dancer version. In another Facebook video <laughs> where I stand in my underwear and go on a rant. Maybe I can finally place it now. Maybe it can finally like just take take a, you know, in my in my subconscious. You can release um, it. Thank you so much, Spencer. Thank I'll you, see you Spencer. soon. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to our conversation and making it to the very end. I know that these conversations are often long and pretty intense, but I can't help feeling inspired every time I dive into my guests' stories, and I hope you feel the same way. If you're new to the show, first of all, welcome, and thank you for joining me in this interesting and exciting and compelling endeavor. If you don't want to miss any updates or episodes, feel free to subscribe or follow Face to Face on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other streaming service where you want to listen to your podcast. If you have any suggestions, questions, or tips, please reach out to me on Instagram. I'll put the link to my profile in the description. Once again, thanks for tuning in, and I can't wait to bring you a new episode in two weeks.